the Knott family mystery. Christmas Eve 2020, a family vanishes in the middle of the night. The front door left wide open, both cars in the driveway, the table set for dinner. The only clue left behind, a note saying they're acting of their own free will. Where did the Knott family go and why? I'm Dawn Christensen, and you're listening to the Knott Family Mystery Podcast about the unsolved disappearance of Ray and Carla Knott and their six children. Is the coast clear? Great. Welcome to the secret version of Untying the Knots. When you first consider changing your family configuration, whether it be divorce, legitimation, a custody action, and whether you thought about it on your own or your spouse has raised the issue, your brain gets filled with an extraordinary amount of questions and an extraordinary amount of emotions. I'm Dawn. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to be answering all your family law questions in hopes that it will help alleviate some of the unknowns you're wondering about. Welcome to Untying the Knots. Between the two of us, we have 45 years of legal experience. We've been involved in over a thousand cases, including our own. We've handled all types of issues involving families, including same-sex marriages, divorces, custody modifications, and child support. We've had clients who've been married and divorced to each other multiple times, and we've helped people who have been together for as little as two weeks and those who've been together for over 30 years. Our hope is that you use this podcast like a search engine by scanning through our show notes for the main Untying the Knots podcast or on the podcast tab of our website to see a list of every question that we answer. We will give you the exact time on which episode to look for in both the main version of the podcast and the secret version. Do moms always win custody? No. No. I literally said to a client recently, the fact that you're the mom is not enough to win custody anymore. And that is a good thing. We have evolved as a society. And this is not, this is 2022. (laughs) We practice in Metro Atlanta. And the fact that you're, The mom alone does not mean that you are guaranteed to have primary custody of your children. The question is, what is in the best interest of your kids? And research shows, and judges will agree, typically, barring special circumstances, it is best for children to have both parents involved in their lives as much as possible. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, the law in this state is, you know... Both parents sit even, right? right. Um, it's their gender or their role in the marriage doesn't automatically, automatically mean one has superior custodial rights over right. the other. Um, you really start out of the gate even with each other. And lots of factors are looked at by the court, including past history, child special needs, substance abuse issues, knowledge of what the kids needs and things like that. But the fact that you are the mother alone doesn't. I will say, you know, we we hear from people like maybe you've got an infant and maybe you have a breastfeeding infant, right? And, you know, well, you know, you can't Rip her away, she's got to eat every four hours. Well, if they're very, very young, that's true. And there's schedules sure. that we see where there's frequent short contact with the non-custodial or the non-breastfeeding parent. But courts more and more are going to say, time to pump. 
Yeah. Dad needs to participate that or other mom needs to participate in that in an equal fashion. Give them the milk. They can do it. So, no, that's just not the case. Um, I actually just had a case where um, something the equivalent of this was argued. And I said to the judge that that sounded like an argument out of the 1970s. (laughs) And I won. Great. Yeah, it's not right. It's not right. Hey guys, my friend is going through the divorce process and mentioned to me something about a custody evaluation. What is that? So there's some cases where there are issues that involve mental health issues, maybe of the parties, maybe of the children. There may be some learning issues of the child. There could be substance abuse. There's something around custody that is more than I want the children. No, I want the children. Right. Right. And in those instances, um, the court or sometimes the parties will agree to the appointment of a custody evaluator who is a mental health professional more often than not. They are a psychologist, but they can be an LCSW or a PC or a PsyD, but they have to have been trained specifically. Um, And they will do an evaluation. And that evaluation consists of clinical interviews with the parties, psychological testing of the parties, clinical interview of any significant others who are involved in the children's lives, observations of the children with each parent, as well as um, talking to collateral witnesses. Um, and then, you know, the psychologist takes all that interviewing and observations and testing, interprets the test results to determine what they're seeing psychologically that impacts parenting behavior, right? Not so much a diagnosis. You're not going right. to get a diagnosis necessarily out of a custody evaluation. And the real thinking right now is you don't use diagnoses and custody evaluations. Um, But they're going to look at all of that information and make a recommendation on parenting time and legal decision making and anything else. Again, pretty invasive. Yeah, pretty, especially because they have to be tested. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, I can't tell you how often I hear well, I'm going to be fine on the testing, but he's not going to be good on the testing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and look, we caution our clients and say, look, you want this process. You want the custody evaluation. Be prepared that whatever happens to him, whatever clinical process this mental health professional goes through with your spouse, you have to be subjected to it as well. Exactly. It is not unilateral. More often than not, it will be mutual. Courts will require it to be mutual. And... um and you don't know. I'm not sure. Listen, <laughs> Chris and I have always said, if we had a guardian ad litem come into our life, or if we had a custody evaluation, we're not so sure how we do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is another reason why it's really great if you can work these issues out in-house without having a third party involved. But there are certain situations where that's just not possible. With, with serious mental health issues and um, substance abuse issues, all sorts of, you know, issues that really someone needs help outside of just them and their partner. That's where we're talking about landing with a custody evaluator. Will my mental health issues impact the custody decision? Really only if your mental health impacts your ab- ability to care for the children. I yeah. think that, you know, I've had a client recently ask me this question and I said to her, because her husband is is really trying to use 
the fact that she's on anxiety medicine as a basis for why she's unstable to care for the children. Look, many of us, most people in America, when you read research, are on some type of um, medicine or something to help them to regulate, right? The issue is, are you taking care of yourself? Are you under the care of a professional doctor? Are you taking the steps that have been prescribed to you so that you can be healthy? The answers to those questions are much more important than have you been diagnosed with a mental health disorder or mental health issue? And then as a follow-up to are you doing the things you should be doing to take care of yourself, how are you able to in- to interact with your children and care for your children? Likely, if you're following your doctor's orders and under the care of a professional, then you're doing fine. Right. I agree. I get up on my high horse about this because um, the fact that you have depression, the fact that you're in yeah. therapy, the fact that you get medication, the t- fact that you've been diagnosed bipolar that doesn't mean you can't parent. No, absolutely not. At all. That stigma, more and more, and particularly if you're in major metropolitan areas and the courts in those areas, um, I think judges look kindly on people being in treatment. Yeah. I really do. Because it shows you're taking steps to do better. Right. And the issue is going to be whether or not you're treatment compliant. So if I am bipolar disorder, one or two, you know, if it's been diagnosed, am I compliant with the recommended treatment? Right. Which means it's why you might need a custody evaluation Mm -hmm. to have a custody evaluator and look into that. Right. But but absolutely. Mental health issues alone um, will not impact custody. Untreated mental health issues that impact parenting behavior absolutely will. If my spouse and I live in two different school districts, will my kids have to go to a different school? It depends. It does. Oh. It does. <laughs> That's the typical lawyer answer. It depends because families are so different and the facts are so different in each case. But let's say you start out, you all are living in a house. One person moves to a different school district. Will they have to change? Maybe. They could. It will depend on what the agreement or the court decision is about custody. And continuity and stability is one of the important factors that the court will look at. So, for instance, you know, you know, you're getting divorced now. The kids are in high school. The kids have been in the same district sort of going from elementary to middle school to high school. They're a junior in high school. Is a court going to move that kid to another school district in the middle of their high school years, not going to happen. No. Now, there there may be some facts that support that, but by and large, no. The court's interested in stability um, and continuity in the children's lives. But if your spouse moves to another district and your spouse is awarded physical custody and most importantly, Legal decision-making, meaning the ability to make the decision on education, yeah, they could go to a different district. So again, it depends, guys. Can I include specific things in our custody arrangement? Rules I want my ex to follow with my child. For example, no scary movies under the age of 10, a set amount of screen time per day, access to social media, et cetera, et cetera. That's a great question. You know, it, it, I feel like I've mediated this issue the past week. <laughs> sure it's all have. I've done the past week. I've heard about movies um, and screen time. So, yes, there can be specific rules in your custody arrangement. 
But that means you better mediate and settle this because do not expect the court to say no scary movie. The courts do not have time to get that granular. Right. They are not going to get that granular. So if you want those type of specific rules and people want all kinds of specific rules, um, you better negotiate that as part of a settlement. You know, I I, I will say that in Georgia, the most recent legislative session, we had introduced as an area of decision-making that is considered in child custody cases technology, that they were going to add technology decision-making. That did not pass the last legislative session. I believe it will pass this session or the next one, and I think all the states will have them. I think that's going to be another major area of decision-making because it becomes... That does become a huge issue. It's a huge issue in co-parenting disputes between people. But... Yeah. No, that was a great answer. The bottom line... Try to mediate and settle those issues amongst yourself because you have the most autonomy in crafting a really specific parenting plan by negotiating and give, give, doing some give and take. A judge is not going to take the time to finely tune a parenting plan the way a lot of people want and need, feel they need for their kids. This podcast will be updated every few months to reflect any development in the law and any additional questions you might have. If there's a question you haven't heard answered, email us at info at smithfileslaw.com and we'll add it to one of our updates. Please share this podcast with any of your friends or family who have family law related questions. If you are in the state of Georgia and would like to reach out to our offices, please call us at 404-909-8300 or email us at info at smithfileslaw.com. The content on Untying the Knots does not constitute legal advice or the practice of law by Kristen Files, Don Smith, or Smith & Files, LLC. Listening to the podcast does not form an attorney-client relationship between you and the podcasters. All listeners should consult with a qualified legal professional regarding their individual questions, needs, or issues that may be of concern. We are not responsible for any action taken by a reader based upon any information on this site. All of the content on the podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. Don Smith and Kristen Files are licensed to practice law in Georgia.